is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. I am roaring to go as the founder, CEO, and commanding officer of NAAAP, National Association for the Advancement of Alpha Pleasure. I come to you from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City. As always, I have everything that I need to enjoy the alpha male lifestyle. I am locked and loaded with great cigars and cigar accoutrements. I look over to the right. I've got an entire wall filled with magnificent libations and spirits. And in the far wall, amongst the six high-definition TVs here at Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A, I actually have a refrigerator stocked with fine meat products. The grill, of course, is outside. We don't grill inside. Unless you get a George Foreman, not my cup of tea. And we've got the comfortable leather chair. We are ready to go. And, of course, I've got my puppy canine security detail puppy Pendragon's Royal Baron at my side. Long-ass greetings and salutations. A long-ass snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. As always, I say to you, Semper delictatio. We say that all the time, always pleasure, and we are under assault. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Don't forget, follow me on social media, Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. Go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand side. You can see all the various uh, media platforms, and you can follow us there. Before we continue, we have a very special guest who is joining us from the European Theater of Operations. I speak, of course, of Mick the Brit, Colonel Mick the Brit, Colonel in charge of the, I'd say, EU theater of operations, but since Brexit, well, I don't know. Once you vote for Brexit, it should be done, finished, get the hell out. I don't know what takes you Brits so damn long, but Mick the Brit joins us front and center. <laughs> general, greetings, and thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, it's politicians, General. Get it done, please. Two years you'd be messing about. We said leave. I've got to tell you, leave Theresa we May, weak. Weak. Oh. Donald Trump oh. is right. She's weak. And by the way, I saw her. She yeah. was in Africa or something, and she did this little dance. The woman yeah. has no rhythm oh. and cannot move. Yeah. What an embarrassment, Mick. Jeez. Talk, talk about a stiff-ass Brit. Yes, indeed. Oh, my God. She's, she's, she's tighter than a drum. She's tighter than, uh, than <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. And that's yeah. tight. Oh. That is tight. Well, it's a indeed. big day for you, Mick. A very happy oh, yeah. birthday from... All of us here at the Cigar uh, Dave Show and, of course, the entire generally. Cigar Dave crew, all the alphas listening around the world, a very happy birthday to you today, Mick. And I said, got to have you on today as our co-host, so it is uh, uh, great to have you on you on are, this big day. Yeah, you are so thoughtful, General, but now I've got to that age now, it's, it's just another rotation around the sun. 
Another rotation around the sun. Well, you know, it's kind of like the harem. Uh, but I've got 32, not just 12. So it's kind of like a rotation right around the harem, which gives us tons and tons of pleasure. And Mick, speaking of pleasure, the enemies of pleasure are mounting a full attack this time on the West Coast Theater of Operations. Warning. Warning. We've reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by as your general enacts countermeasures. I have stated to you all along what the strategy of the enemies of pleasure, the enemies of cigars are. And it is summed up in one term, incrementalism. Incrementalism, what does that mean? It means they start small. It means the enemies of pleasure find a way to just get their foot in the door to come after those of us that enjoy cigars or any other forms of pleasure. They get their foot in the door by saying, all we want to create, we want to do a smoking ban, but just inside buildings. We're not talking about outside areas, outdoor patios, parks, sidewalks, beaches. No, 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 no. We, we just want healthy, clean air in buildings. And it started in the People's Republic of California. And it soon spread coast to coast. And most people said, that makes sense. No problem. A smoking ban in in closed workplaces, in closed areas. Yep, we get that. That's fine. Because that's all they want is just one area to ban smoking in. But outside, at dinner in an outdoor patio that's open air, be my guest. Enjoy your cigars. And I said, be very very careful. When this first cropped up about 20 years ago, 21 years ago, I said, be very, very careful. The enemies of pleasure are like cockroaches. Once they get in the door, once they're in your home, per se, they will just swarm and the infestation will continue. And what happened when they were successful in saying, we just want to pass an indoor smoking ban? A couple of years later, they said this smoking ban for indoor workplaces and hotels and restaurants has gone so well and has been so successful that now we need to extend it to outdoor restaurant patios and outdoor bar areas where people are drinking or they are dining. Now, the restaurants went out in many cases in California and spent thousands, some hundreds of thousands of dollars to create a comfortable outdoor environment whereby their patrons who wanted to smoke a cigar could do so. And all of a sudden, the enemies of pleasure who got their foot in the door said, no, 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 now we're coming with a with a big battering ram and now we want to just batter that door down. We want to crash that door in. And the next step for us is to go after outdoor smoking patios. And so what happens? After a few years, all these restaurants that said, hey, our consumers, our patrons understand that we allow smoking outside. You want to sit outside? No problem. They understand that. And most patrons didn't have an issue with it. It was a small group of either unelected bureaucrats or enemy of pleasure politicians. And the next step was you could no longer smoke your cigar in outdoor patios, restaurant outdoor patios, or outdoor bar areas. So that's the second step. And then what did we start seeing a few years ago? The enemies of pleasure came roaring back and saying, wait a minute. 
The ban on indoor workplace smoking restrictions and the ban on outdoor patio smoking has been so successful, now we want to come in with a giant bulldozer. And we want to bulldoze down your house because we let them in the door. We let them in the door, just a little crack. And then all of a sudden they came with a battering ram and went after outdoor smoking and outdoor patios and bars. And then they came with a bulldozer saying, now we want to knock the house down and we want to eliminate smoking on sidewalks. We don't want you to smoke your cigar on the golf course, which is a tradition. Most people that play golf, many love smoking a cigar on the golf course. We don't want you smoking cigars on the beach or in any outdoor public venue. We don't want you smoking within 30 feet of a building. We don't want you smoking on a street. And then they came and said, now we don't want you smoking in your own car. And it has already started. They don't want you smoking in your own house. So it's called incrementalism. And this is the fear that every single manufacturer of a legal product has. They know they can't enact prohibition. We tried that. We tried prohibition. We tried the 18th Amendment way back in the 20th century, and it was an abstract failure. So they can't legally enact prohibition. So what do they do? They create de facto prohibitions. They make it so difficult for you to enjoy the product that, boom, they create that de facto prohibition. And I have said all along, be very very weary of the enemies of pleasure because once they start, they won't end. And what's the latest salvo that we saw about uh, two years ago? We saw cities, municipalities, villages, towns, states coming back and saying, 18-year-olds are not smart enough to make their own decisions. Now, of course, these same people say that 18-year-olds are smart enough to vote. In fact, they believe that These 18-year-olds are smart enough already at 16 to vote. Why? Because they think they're going to get their liberal votes at 16. And in many cases, 16-year-olds are not bright enough to figure out they'll believe anything. If you tell them, we're going to give you free Game Boys and free free, uh, uh, PlayStations, you know what they'll say? Hey, great, he promised me that. Free, free, free. He's got my vote until they realize nothing is free. And so what happened beginning two years ago? The enemies of pleasure and all these enemy of pleasure groups came in and said, we need to raise the smoking age from 18 to 21. Again, we don't want to enact prohibition. No, 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 no. Prohibition, we have no interest in enacting prohibition. We just need to raise the age. And then what did we see last week? We saw a bill. And I can't remember where it was. I forgot already. That's how how, how there's so much gone on this week. But basically, they came back and said, we want to make it illegal for people. We want to eliminate, we we can't enact prohibition, but we want to keep raising the age until the age to buy tobacco products goes to 100. Hawaii, thank you, Sergeant Steve. I couldn't remember. I'm like, what what area was that? The state of Hawaii. That's exactly right. Thank you, Sergeant Steve. The state of Hawaii, one of the legislators said, no, 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 we're not banning it. We're not enacting prohibition, but within five years, you have to be at least 100 to purchase a tobacco product. My friends, that is prohibition. Again, all these de facto, these, these, these laws and legislation and, and, and just constraints on where you can buy a cigar, what age you can buy a cigar, where you can smoke a cigar, that is default prohibition. 
Well, in Beverly Hills, People's Republic of California, forget de facto prohibition. The mayor of Beverly Hills, Mayor Julian Gold and Vice Mayor John Mirish, have proposed banning the sale of all tobacco products in the city, period. The first city in the U.S. to propose banning the sale of tobacco products. So the cigar industry has been fighting the FDA over onerous regulation and onerous taxation and the S-chip tax and everything else, and now these municipalities are coming in and saying, screw the FDA. No, 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 no. We're going to raise the age from 18 to 21. We are going to prohibit smoking in restaurants, bars, outdoor areas, sidewalks, streets, golf courses. We now want to raise the, the tobacco purchasing age to 100, and now we see a city for the very first time in the history of probably all tobacco, since tobacco was first enjoyed and discovered, a city in the United States now, there, there's no pretense, they want prohibition by banning the sale of all tobacco products. They want to make it illegal. Now, the mayor is also a physician, and I get it. And he says that, and we'll get to some sound bites here momentarily, he wants to protect the people. This is what we hear from politicians. We're here to protect you and the children. Because you are too stupid to make your own decision. Even though those of us that are alphas, that enjoy cigars, we're too stupid to make our own decision. You see, they think these unelected bureaucrats and these ultra-liberal politicians, and we're also seeing it from the Republican side as well, They just think they are so far above you and I. They are smarter than you and I. Even though most of these people are clunkers, they couldn't get a job in the real world if their life depended on it. Yet, they sit there on their soapbox, and they look down at you, wagging their fingers, saying, no, 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 tisk, tisk, tisk. We know what's best for you. We're the nanny state. Just like we're seeing these ultra-leftists now saying, We want to eliminate airplane travel. We want to eliminate cows. And, oh, by the way, we want to change your diet. And I've got another story with Cory Booker talking about that a little bit later on. That's the next thing they want to do is now go after your meat consumption. Meat, uh, dairy, chicken, poultry. They want to go after it because a small number of people deem it to be using their excuse It's bad for the environment. It's bad for climate change, global warming, baloney. What we're seeing in this country is the, not the emergence, it's already emerged, the expansion of the nanny state. Beverly Hills is a perfect example. There are 30 tobacco retailers in Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills isn't a big municipality, relatively small. But I'll tell you, there's some of the best cigar stores and lounges in the country there. I'm reminded of when George Hamilton, the well-known actor, who I got to know very well, opened up Hamilton's in Beverly Hills, right off of Rodeo Drive. Great place. I became friendly with George through playing at the Monte Cristo Cup that Altadas uh, put on, and George had his own Hamilton cigars for many years. I got friendly, and he said, General, when you're ever in, I I still do have his cell number. Whenever you're in California, you're in L.A., you call me. If I'm not there, I'll make sure I take care of you. But if I'm in town, I'm coming to have a cigar and a cocktail with you. So sure enough, last-minute trip. Happened to be in Vegas. Happened to go to L.A. It's got to be about, I don't know, 18 years ago, 20 years ago. I said, George, I happen to be, I got to make a quick trip to L.A. You're around? General would love it. Meet me over at 8 o'clock. 
tell you what, had one of the greatest evenings with George. Knew everybody, nice guy, old-time Hollywood. People came up to him, just a real gentleman. We smoked great cigars, had some great libations. No longer around, but there's the Grand Havana Room, well-known. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Grand Havana Room is fantastic. I love the cigars and I love the libations, things of this nature and that nature. You've got Nazareth's, been there. Small cigar store, but great selection. Buena Vista Cigar. All of those businesses, because of the act of one or two people and a city council, how what they deem should and should not be sold, even though it's a legal product sold in the United States, they want to put these companies, these businesses, small businesses, out of business. And the proposal has been met with some objections. People in the tourism, hospitality industry saying, hey, wait a minute, this is going to just, this is going to have a negative impact. Yeah, people that come from around the world, you're not going to sell these products? Here is what Beverly Hills mayor, who's a physician, Julian Gold, said. Again, it's all about protecting you because you're too dumb to make your own decisions. We've been on a path. We've really been on a trajectory to see what we can do to protect our citizens against the harmful impacts of smoking. No, they're on a path to violate the Interstate Commerce Clause, which regulates commerce across state lines. And this definitely falls into that. They're on a path to decide what you may and may not consume. They're on a path to live your life for you, make all the decisions for you. They're on a path to become a giant nanny state. Now, as always, the first thing people say is, well, wait a minute, you're trampling on our rights. And that question was posed to Mayor Julian Gold of Beverly Hills earlier this week. Our major goal in government, all levels of government, our first and foremost is the health and safety of our residents. No, your major goal, yes, is the safety. But your major goal is to make sure the potholes are filled, the garbage is picked up. To make sure people can live their lives, people can run their businesses without undue interference. That's what the goal is. And what we're seeing now is the encroachment. Our founding forefathers never, they weren't teetotalers, we know that. They never envisioned a country or municipalities where they would interfere in the lives of Americans as we are seeing today. The reason they wanted, sorry Mick, the reason that we wanted to break away from Great Britain and King George, taxation without representation. He wanted to rule how we were going to live. No way. Sorry about that, Mick. I know you still have That's a little like, grudge about that. You never, you've never gotten over that, like, have you, Mick? Uh, well, I think you've done jolly well since then, though. It has to be said. It has to be admitted. Well, it, it did because we had to save your asses in World War II, and now we're good allies. <laughs> but the problem we see today is these whether they're elected officials or bureaucrats, they just have this inner belief that they have the unequivocal right to dictate, to dictate how you should live your life. And that's what it is, a dictatorship. Because when you get this small group of people together, they say, hey, we're going to control what people are going to do, what they're going to live. And trust me, this is not the end. And a perfect example is this is a woman they asked, and said, you know, what do you think about this proposal? And this shows you, this next soundbite I'm going to play for you really sums up why we must be extremely vigilant. Because when you hear this woman, 
She thinks this is a great idea, but I've got my retort to it after we hear her. I just want to congratulate um, the council for having such an initiative. I think it's overdue. I think it's time. And I think it's a tool to help people who are addicted to cigarettes. What about people that are addicted to caffeine and coffee? What about people who love to have a soda once a day, twice a day, or they want to have a two liter every 10 minutes? What about people who enjoy chocolate, candy? What about those of us who enjoy eating meat? This is a very slippery slope, my fellow alphas. Very dangerous slope. And I have said this all along going back 20 years. Even if you didn't smoke cigars, even if to this day you don't smoke cigars. And I know I get many emails and tweets from listeners that say, Hey, General, I don't smoke cigars, but I like your stand on things. I like your show. You are right. This could affect me. You may not smoke cigars. You may never in a million years say, I want to buy a cigar. But I've always said, be careful, because they are coming after you next. We have seen it. I said they're going to come after soda. And what happened? We're going to tax soda. Mark my words. If you think they're done just taxing soda that contains sugar, forget about it. That's the next thing they will do is make it illegal to sell sodas within city or village or state confines and boundaries. Guaranteed. Then they'll come after candy. They'll go right down the pharmacy in the supermarket aisle and say, those potato chips, you know what? They contain salt. They contain fat. Yeah, we know people love them, but again, we're here to protect the safety and health of our residents. So to you, supermarket, whether it's Kroger's or Safeway or Publix or Wegmans or any other supermarket, we're coming after it. Clean those aisles out. Again, they say, first they came in and said, nope, we just want to limit where you can enjoy the product. Then they said, we're going to tax the product. Then they came in and said, now we're going to make it illegal to sell the product. That is, by definition, pure, unadulterated prohibition. And the industry better wake up. Because I believe this is a perfect lawsuit waiting to be filed and challenged. This goes against the Interstate Commerce Clause of the Constitution. More when we come back. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at facebook.com slash Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Tradition. 
traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show, there are several things we really like in a Washington bureaucrat. Uh, embalming fluid? A wooden stake through the heart? Well, I guess after those two things, you really don't need the rest. Leading the charge against the enemies of pleasure, one pleasure-crat at a time. Beverly Hills, People's Republic of California. Could soon become the first American city to ban the sale of tobacco products. Congratulations. Prohibition against our beloved cigars is officially underway. The de facto prohibitions weren't good enough for them. Wasn't good enough that they said, we're going to make it illegal to smoke cigars in buildings. We're going to make it illegal to smoke cigars in outdoor restaurant and bar patios. We're going to make it illegal to smoke on sidewalks, golf courses, beaches. We're going to make it illegal for you to purchase cigars unless you are 21. And now the mayor and vice mayor, maybe the city council of Beverly Hills, California, are now saying we want to make it illegal to sell any tobacco products, including our beloved cigars, in our small town or our small city. And this is going to lead to many other prohibitions. If this stands, mark my words, we will see this rampantly. This will, this will be like a virus, like the Ebola virus that just goes, runs out of control and spreads out of control coast to coast. It must be stopped. I'm calling on the cigar manufacturers. I'm calling on the cigarette manufacturers, the pipe tobacco manufacturers, the smokeless manufacturers to stand up. And you don't have to like cigarettes. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I've never used chewing tobacco. Have zero interest. Cigars are different than cigarettes. But I believe people should make up their own minds. This is a direct violation of the Interstate Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution, which dictates the right of companies to sell their products across state lines and commerce across state lines. The Constitution supersedes many items, and I think this is the perfect case. Because if this stands, watch out. Watch out to those of you that are listening right now and say, General, I don't smoke cigars. I don't give a damn. Well, maybe you drink soda. Guess what? They'll ban the sale of soda. You like your potato chips and your Fritos and your Doritos and your Cheetos? They'll come after you by saying, we're going to make it illegal to sell those products because we don't like the fact it's got sodium and fat and high in calories. We don't want you to enjoy it. And we're looking out for you. Therefore, 
we're going to make it illegal. Clear it off the shelves of the supermarket. We don't like the fact that you eat meat or poultry or seafood. We don't like that fact. Again, we're looking out for you, for your health. We want you all to become vegans. Therefore, we're going to make it illegal to sell steak and hamburgers and beef products and ribs and chicken. You know those rotisseries, chickens you love at Costco? No, we're going to make those illegal to sell. Because, again, we're just here looking out for your health, safety, and welfare. And because we're smarter than you are. That coffee you love, whether you go to Starbucks or Tim Hortons or Dunkin' Donuts or your favorite uh, convenience store, that's got caffeine. We're looking out for your health and your welfare. Caffeine is a drug. And America is addicted to caffeine. We're not going to we're not going to allow Americans to continue consuming caffeine because it raises your blood pressure and it causes you to get jittery and and you're addicted to it. We're looking out for your safety and welfare. Therefore, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, Tim Hortons, McDonald's, they can all still stay open, but they can't sell coffee. The list goes on and on and on. And if you think I'm being alarmist, if you think I'm going a little off the deep end, you're wrong. What I'm telling you is sobering. What I'm telling you is the truth. We've seen it before. Everything I predicted starting 20 years ago, it's going to be, what, 24 years since I started the show in July. Everything that I said going back starting 20, 21 years ago with the enemies of pleasure has come to fruition. I said they'll get a toehold on the door and they won't stop. And they'll go after every other product. And when we hear people say, "Uh, you know, I don't mind a soda tax because, you know, sodas aren't good for you. I don't mind it. Well, that person may not drink soda, but what if they drink coffee or they eat meat? Then a tax is applied. Then it becomes banned. Trust me, they'll jump up and down saying, wait a minute, hold on a second. Oh, no, no, I'm in favor of a soda tax, but not a tax on my coffee or my meat. It doesn't end. And I've said this, when the FDA is done with cigars, they're coming after other products. We're seeing this now in in Beverly Hills. It is unacceptable. It must be fought this is, this is a line in the sand as far as I'm concerned right now. Because if Beverly Hills is successful, this will spread rampantly across the country. They'll say, hey, look, we don't need the FDA. <laughs> the F- we don't need to wait for the FDA to make it harder and, and raise the... We, we, we're just going to prohibit it outright. It is outright prohibition. The 18th Amendment failed in this country. Oh, and by the way, those of you that enjoy your beer and your glass of wine your glass of scotch, if you don't think this is successful in Beverly Hills, that they won't next try to go after your spirits, there will be somebody that says, you know, this is just, we cannot have people drinking. Nope. We've already seen it in Utah. They lowered the drinking, the the, the rate at which you are considered impaired from 0.08 to 0.04. Congratulations, Utah. You're in the first century. You have now made it essentially a crime for people to have one glass of wine or one beer or one distilled spirit. Is that really what we want? No, we want to take off the hardcore drunk drivers. And it's the repeat offenders that are the problem. They're way over .08, way over. But now, in Utah... You're starting to see a form of prohibition. And for those of you that enjoy all the products aforementioned, 
that I've spoken about heretofore, be very, very weary. They are coming after you. You better stand up and support this. You may not smoke cigars or cigarettes. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't engage in chewing tobacco. Never have, never will. Have no interest. Love my cigars. But I can tell you, you better take an interest in what's going on in Beverly Hills because if they prove they can do it to cigars, they will do it to every other product that some bureaucrat or pencil-neck geek politician says, I don't like that product. We're going to make it illegal. Congratulations. We've just enacted prohibition. And there's nothing anybody can do about it because we've done it and it's going to spread like wildfire. We have got the industry, the CRA, the CAA, the cigarette manufacturers, the smokeless. They must file a lawsuit on this. If this passes, it's going to be vote on. In fact, the mayor and vice mayor want this to, uh, they hope this uh, passes within the next month or so and is on the books within three months. So that by the start of summer, they're going to close all these businesses down. Is this America? This is not the People's Republic of the United States. I mean, you'd think it's becoming that way when you see the prohibition that's going on, when you see these socialists that are saying we're going to eliminate air travel, we're going to eliminate cows, we're going to eliminate this and that. Enough already. The pendulum always shifts too far. I've seen it. We've seen it. We go from one extreme to the other. And I think with all these ultra-left-wing socialists now, most Americans are middle of the road. They're not ultra-right. They're not ultra-left. They're middle of the road. They're moderates. And if you go too ultra-left, there will be a backlash. And this is going way too far ultra-left, too ultra-prohibitionist, too nanny state in Beverly Hills. Let me bring in Mick the Brit, the birthday boy. Happy birthday once again, Mick, joining us from the London Theater of Operations in a clandestine, classified, safe, secure underground bunker. Who Mick is the European uh, colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations. What do we see going on in Britain? Are there similar efforts underway uh-huh. in Britain and the uh, UK and and the European Theater of Operations yes. to create prohibition, raise the yes. the smoking age? The same things we're seeing here. Yes, not so much the smoking age, but politicians want to lower the voting age to sixteen or even fourteen, even. Uh, to yesterday uh, in Parliament Square, we actually had a demonstration of children. School children were actually encouraged to demonstrate against climate change. And so they were actually uh, very much encouraged to take the day off school, go away, leave their studies and to demonstrate in Parliament Square about climate change. Well, like we saw with Hitler Youth in World War II being indoctrinated, we are seeing students across, we're seeing it in the United States, they are being indoctrinated to ultra-left, leftist policies. Climate change, veganism, all these things that they espouse, that they deem beneficial. This is what they're learning. Same thing we're seeing with, with boys and the feminization of boys in schools. This is what's going on. They're being indoctrinated to become wussified beta males from a very, very young age. And I find it amazing, Mick. So they want, there's a movement underway in England to lower the voting age from 18 to 16, and in some cases 14, yet you've got to be 21 to purchase a tobacco product, correct? No, sir. You can be 18. 
You're gonna be 18. 18. So yeah. So it's still 18. But nonetheless, yeah. nonetheless, how about for uh, the drinking age? What's the legal drinking age? 18. And the voting Smart. age is 18. Everything's 18. Right. I have no Driving problem saying, right, the voting age, the drinking age. In fact, what is the inc- – it's interesting. 18 years, What is there a high incidence of drinking while driving in England, of, of uh, oh, youth yeah, yeah. Uh, alcoholism? Yes. Yeah, it's not just that. But it's not just uh, alcohol, General. It's um, other substances as well. Yeah. Okay, but, is, but, uh, but is there a direct cor- – if you raised – so wait a minute. Here's my question to you. If you raise the drinking age like they've done in the United States from 18 to 21, will that have a dramatic effect? I mean, is it rampant? You know what? It's Mick, I'm going to look it up right now while we speak. Hang on a second. (laughs) I'm going to, let's see, driving under the influence in, I'm going to put England. Let's see what we find. Well, well, UK, UK would be better, General, because we're clumped together as the United Kingdom. Okay, I'm going to put United Kingdom. Here we go, United Kingdom. All right, I am looking at it right now. Basically just talks about the drinking. Let me just put rates. Hold on, United Kingdom. Let's take a look here, Mick. We'll see what the statistics are. It'll be interesting to compare them to other countries that have higher. Uh, We'll take a look at this, Mick. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, here's what's interesting, Mick. Okay, very, Mm -hmm. very interesting. Dry drink. Uh, driving casualty statistics from 1979 to 2014. This includes England, Scotland, and Wales. The United Kingdom, indeed. The deaths due to alcohol in 1979 were 1,640. And over the last, uh, well, over from uh, basically 2010 to 2014, plummeted to 240. So it went from 1640 to 240. Injured injuries have gone from 8,300 to 1,000. Those are serious injuries. Slight injuries from 21,490 to 6,900. So what we've seen, though, Mick, is even though the drinking age has stayed the same, I think through education and through tougher laws, we've seen a dramatic decrease. So I think that's very, very interesting. I think that that shows. Now, it would be interesting to see what they are in comparison to the U.S. But I've always said, if you teach kids before they're 18 to drink alcohol in moderation to have wine expose them to wine or expose them to a beer i believe the rates of alcoholism would decline because what we see is people just go crazy when when you're told you can't have that you can't have this the liquor cop cabinet is locked you know kids want what they 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 can't have the forbidden fruit as they say and if all of a sudden it's available, I mean, my parents never locked, you know, they had liquor in cabinets and, and, and you know, if I wanted to, I could go and help myself anytime I want. I never did because it was always available. It wasn't a big deal. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. With the, shall we say, the more liberal approach, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, when, you, when you're sort of harsh and hard and say, no, you must not do that, even though you're doing it yourself, then, yeah, you, it's the forbidden fruit, as you've just said. So, uh, yeah, and of right, course, well, um, say that... oh, sorry, and I was just about to say, you hit the nail on the head with the uh, correlation of figures there pertaining to accidents and injuries in the UK. Indeed, uh, we have a program here where rather than you get points on your license, you can actually go for uh, on a course, uh, whether it be if you've got done for speeding or for, shall we say, reckless driving or whatever, sort of like a, a safety awareness course. And if you do that, 
instead of uh, going to court or taking the points on your license, um, that that will that should uh, help. And indeed, I think we're seeing the fruits of that here in the UK. Yeah, I would say the correlation between raising the drinking age from 18 to 21 is less has less an effect than actually the education we've seen. The commercials, the bombardment, saying, look, don't drink and drive. You end up in jail, cost you money. And I think people are very cognizant of that. I think we've seen a decline, certainly in both countries. All right, when we come back, we'll conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, or as they say in the UK, ceremony. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. This cigar from Drew Estate has a floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina Maduro wrapper that surrounds a sweet Connecticut broadleaf binder and lush Nicaraguan fillers that together produce a full-flavored, exquisite experience. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club receive fabulous cigars every month. And the February selection is another award winner. We're featuring the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro made by Drew Estate. Drew Estate master blender Willie Herrera has always been a big fan of Brazilian Matafina tobacco. Loves the velvety and the earthy complexity of it, just the taste. While it's primarily been used as a binder or accent filler, Willie said, I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to make the Brazilian wrapper the star of the show. He surrounded it with a Connecticut broadleaf binder, nice sweetness to it, lush Nicaraguan fillers, and the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro was born, a full-flavored, exquisite taste profile. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month will get you great cigars like the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I have pulled out a very special cigar, very limited edition cigar. It is from La Palina, the La Palina Goldie Laguito Number no. 2. And there's a very significant reason why I have pulled this out today for our libation ceremony. 
There is only one person at El Titan de Bronze in Miami, the factory on Cayocho in Miami that rolled this very special cigar. And her name was Maria Sierra. Maria was classified as a Category 9 roller in her native Cuba at the prestigious El Laguito factory, home of the Cuban Cohiba brand. She rolled cigars in Cuba for 32 years. She was elite of the elite. And a just a wonderful lady. Whenever I'd go down to visit the factory, El Titan de Bronze, I'd see Sandy Cobus, the owner, give her a hug. We'd always have a cigar and some, some cafe cubano or cafe con leche. And she'd always rave about Maria. And I'd say, well, Sandy, I gotta get one of those famous La Gloria, or correction, La Palina Goldie series, the Laguito number two, which is a six inch by 38 ring gauge. 3864 7-inch Petit Lancero. Just a magnificent-looking cigar. It has the incredible pigtail. This is an exquisite cigar, and nobody rolled it except Maria Sierra. She emigrated to the United States legally. Oh, as you can hear, Canine Baron, he sees an enemy of pleasure in the vicinity, and he is on alert. But in 2011, Maria came to the United States legally, began working at El Titan de Bronze in Little Havana, and she started rolling this La Polina Goldie Leguito number two, an impeccably made Lancero Panatella. Well, Maria retired, oh, I want to say uh, just about uh, 2017, about two years ago, and back the end of January, I got word that Maria passed away at the age of seven. Always had a smile on her face. Every time I'd see her, give her a hug. Just a wonderful woman. And Sandy, I know, raved about her and I know misses her. So rest in peace, Maria. In your memory, we're going to enjoy the La Palina Goldie Laguito Number 2, made in Miami. Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, Dominican Nicaraguan filler. Suggested retail $15, about $15 to $18. Very, very limited. Only one person made them. Now there's another person that has uh, taken over for... Uh, for uh, uh, Maria, who makes them. But to her memory, we will enjoy this fabulous La Palina Goldie Leguito number two. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self sharpening double edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus. Well, in Mick the Brit's honor, I've got a story about Winston, two stories about Sir Winston Churchill, the great prime minister. Winston Churchill wouldn't use a lighter. He would use the good old-fashioned cedar cigar matches. That's what I'll use today. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Now, I could have just taken the cap and twisted it. I'm going to... When you have, this is a four-inch cedar cigar match. Angle it at about a 45-degree angle, and as I toast the foot of this cigar, hmm, outstanding. Here's what I'm going to do. Hmm. As I light that, I, in honor of Winston Churchill, what was his favorite libation? Scotch. And I've just pulled out a bottle of Johnny, or not Johnny Walker, of Dewar's 12-year-old. Dewar's 12-year-old just... The, the minimum age of any of the spirits, 12 years of age. They've married a number of great different scotches. Let me say 
cheers as I take a sip here. Mick, what are you smoking and drinking right now? Of course, smoking a Romeo and Julieta short Churchill, and I'm drinking, as this is an Anglo-American effort, Jack Daniels. All right, hour two of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave. Alpha male pleasure maneuvers roll on as we enjoy, or as I enjoy, my La Palina Goldie Laguito number two. Made at El Titan de Bronze down in Little Havana, Cayocho in Miami. Let me now take a sip of my Dewar's 12-year-old. And it's very important we're enjoying Dewar's today. It's appropriate because just a few minutes, we'll be talking about Winston Churchill. What was Winston Churchill's favorite libation? Well, that would be some Scotch whiskey. I've selected the Dewar's Blended Scotch, aged 12 years. Let me take a sip. Mm. Ah, that is very, very nice. Very fruity, creaminess, a little sweet, a little honey. Mm. Just a tad bit of smokiness. Mm. And for about $30 to $35 a bottle, very, very delicious and a good bargain. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show, your five-star global general and alpha male-in-chief, front and center, command center alpha humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa. And joining us today, our special co-host on his birthday, Mick the Brit, the colonel, in charge of the European Theater of Operations. Happy birthday once again, Mick. Thank you very much, General. Much appreciated. Yes. Now, tell me, do you have your harem uh, that is going to provide pleasure maneuvers for you this evening? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, yes, you do. Any big plans So the quicker we get this done, the better. (laughs) Well, that's right, because it's almost evening. Well, it is. It's just, uh, yeah, it is pretty much evening where you are right about now. It's getting to be evening. So uh, so you got some big plans, Mick? Uh, Well, no. That wasn't a trick question, Mick. I thought I mean, it was, General. I thought you were checking me out there in the, uh, no, doing maneuvers. Uh, well, improvise. Uh, or, or is Theresa May having you over at 10 Downing Street this evening? Because she looks like just uh, a swell. What a fun person to be with. Uh, Theresa Dismay, shall we say. Uh, you know, yeah. no, well, absolutely Well, I'll tell you not. what. I'll call Nigel Farage. He'll have you over for a cigar. He's the kind of guy that looks like he enjoys a cigar, libation, oh. and a nice big steak. Oh, he is indeed, General. Indeed he is. And uh, just uh, formed the new Brexit party, which uh, is gaining momentum, So, uh, which is all good stuff uh, for the UK. You think he's got a chance? Could he be prime minister or does he want to be prime minister? He said he hasn't, but, 
if if this Brexit thing doesn't go through, then I, we do need another party to mix things up. Say, like like you've got the Republicans and the Democrats, we, we we need another alternative because it's the same old, same old, and we need and they become complacent and lazy, and we you know and they're there for themselves. So no, we need somebody and a party to mix things up. Well, we know that Nigel Farage is a big Donald Trump Make America Great Again supporter, and we like that. I like Nigel. I actually, I see him on Fox News all the time, so we enjoy that. Now, Mick the Brit, uh, yes, once sir. again, cigar that you are enjoying as well as the libation. Romeo and Juliet, short Churchill, and my libation, good old Jack Daniels. Now, is your cigar the Cuban or Dominican variety? Uh, Cuban. <laughs> Cuban. You are a commie pinko, Mick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put up. Yeah. I'll put a Dominican, Nicaraguan, Honduran cigar any day against a Cuban. That, that's fine, but uh, it just seems here that the choice of or the yeah the 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 availability and choice of cigars is more favoured in the direction of Cuba than it is from the rest of the world, shall we say? Well, Mick, if you want to support. Uh, uh, a government that communist government that suppresses their people no problem i'll i'll uh, that's your decision mick i'll allow you to I'll allow that to stand just giving you a hard time mick now you are enjoying some jack daniels you can never go wrong with with jack no doubt about it now yes mick it's very appropriate we have you on today because we have two very important stories about one of the great statesmen of all time in history sir winston churchill General standing up. As you should, Mick, as you should. Yes, I Winston Churchill. You can never understand what Winston Churchill had to say. Well, we're trying to talk like Winston Churchill. We, we shall fight the Nazis today, tomorrow, we shall never give up. But he's tough to understand, Mick. Very difficult yeah, he did have a speech impediment, but people thought it was because he was on the booze all the time. But no, it, it was a speech impediment that he had. Mick, you told me a funny story one time about a woman that came oh. up to Mick, uh, came up to uh, Winston Churchill. I think uh, went after him about his drinking. Do you remember that story? You told it in Charlotte oh, at an Alpha yes. Pleasure Fest a number of years yes. ago. Yes, yes, and uh, yes, and uh, she said, uh, "Winston Churchill, you are drunk." He said, "Madam, you are ugly, but in the morning I will be sober, and you will still be ugly." Well, he didn't need you to say that, but yeah. But he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Winston Churchill, one of the great statesmen. Two items that I wanted to bring up. Winston Churchill, I think, was always synonymous with two things. Having a cigar in hand at all times and having a libation in hand. Primarily, loved his scotch whiskey. And in fact, he was a, you may not know this fact about Sir Winston Churchill, Mick. But he spent time in the cigar city of Tampa, Ybor City, covering the Spanish-American War as a reporter. And that's one of the places they say he picked up his love of fine cigars right here in the cigar city of Tampa. Were you aware of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard you say that before when we've been doing uh, outside broadcasts in Tampa. So, yes, uh, thanks to you uh, imparting that information with me. But, of course, uh, Sir Winston Churchill's mother was American. And That's she correct. would get her cigar. She would get her cigarettes. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, tobacconist and cigar merchants in St James's. The shop's still there today. In fact, the Winston Churchill Museum is there, 
uh, where he uh, had an account uh, with the cigar merchants, the Foxes we're talking about, of course. Is it J.J. Foxes? Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, one of the great uh, tobacconists and cigar retailers in the U.K., if not the world. Well, Winston Churchill, as you know, always famous for his love of cigars and his love of whiskey. And I believe he was a big card player as well. Well, there was a app, a card game app, which was the brainchild of former United States Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld, who partnered up with several app developers, and they created this, this uh, card game app. It's called, um, it was Churchill Solitaire. And it was available both in the, still is, available in both the Apple uh, iTunes Store, the App Store, as well as the Google Play Store. Well, this game was available for about two years, and the logo on the app is a picture of Churchill with his cigar. Now, anybody that knows anything about history, the problem is too many students today in the educational system, being in grade school or high school or even in college, are clueless when it comes to history, world history, American history. It really is. It, it is it's not only embarrassing, it is disgraceful that more history is not taught and not known by today's youth. Well, this comes into play because after two years of this game, Donald Rumsfeld and the developers received a notice saying that the game was being removed, that the app was being suspended from the Google Android Play Store because the app referenced drug use. Now you're saying to yourself, wait a minute. How does a card game reference drug use? Well, to Google, some probably 25-year-old kid that knows nothing referenced the app icon of Churchill with his cigar, and they somehow equated that to drug use. Now, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing censorship by these high-tech companies in Silicon Valley. And if people think that there's not a massive amount of censorship, think again. I understand if a tech company says, look, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, hey, if you threaten to murder somebody, shoot somebody, attack somebody, we're taking that off. I don't have a problem with that. But when you take people off because they're either smoking a cigar, they're talking about a cigar, they are they are talking about conservative or even liberal values. If somebody's a conservative or liberal, they should have the right to speak their mind. That is not offensive speech. That is normal speech. And for somebody at Google Play Store to equate the picture of Winston Churchill on the app icon badge with a cigar as promoting drug use or referencing drug use is beyond absurd. So the app was removed, and they were offline for over a week. Well, the app developers and, of course, Donald Rumsfeld had to lodge a complaint with the Google Play Store and say that Churchill's use of cigars of to- and use of tobacco is distinct from drug use. It is not drug use. And after Google reviewed it, meanwhile, they have all these marijuana uh, apps on there that blatantly shows drug use. After reviewing it, 
Somebody looked and said, uh, yeah, that's Winston Churchill. That's a cigar. That has nothing to do with drug use. So Android users were once again free to download the game and get in-app purchases via the Google Play Store. My understanding is this is a very, very popular uh, card game that uh, Rumsfeld came up with, this Churchill Solitaire card game. But the administrator for the Churchill Solitaire Facebook page said maybe Google knows something about Churchill that we don't, but there's no record or evidence of the most studied, analyzed, and dissected figure in history using drugs. And look, the fact that somebody would equate a cigar with drugs is just beyond belief. It's beyond absurd. But again, this is what we are seeing today. We are seeing people that have limited understanding or knowledge of history. We're seeing these millennial generation, these, what is it, Gen Z, that are all soft, that are easily offended, where if they see something that they don't like or they don't like hearing, then all of a sudden it has to be banned and it has to be eliminated. Even to the point, and Mick, you know this is true, I believe there was a big Winston Churchill, either a play or there was a museum or there was some sort of exhibition featuring Winston Churchill. And on the entryway, above the entryway, they had a giant, giant sign with a picture of Winston Churchill. And it's a very famous picture, but they photoshopped out the cigar from the picture. Do you recall that? Yes, I do, General, yes. And um, getting back to uh, the, the social media aspect of things, um, these are the new oligarchs of media now, the, the social media ones. I'm talking about Facebook, Twitter, and all the rest of it. They're the ones that are manipulating what we can uh, see and uh, interact with now. It's almost a form of Marxism, in my You are totally opinion. correct. All right, Mick, when we come back, there's another story about Winston Churchill. Apparently some controversy is one of the members, I believe, of government or a well-known figure called Winston Churchill, a villain. We will get to that. We'll tell you about the February Cigar Dave Officers Club selection. Much more coming your way. Alpha male pleasure maneuvers continue on the Cigar Dave Show. The General is always on Twitter. Delivering breaking news. Giving you the latest intel on cigars. And battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club receive fabulous cigars every month. 
And the February selection is another award winner. We're featuring the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro made by Drew Estate. Drew Estate master blender Willie Herrera has always been a big fan of Brazilian Matafina tobacco. Loves the velvety and the earthy complexity of it. Just the taste. While it's primarily been used as a binder or accent filler, Willie said, I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to make the Brazilian wrapper the star of the show. He surrounded it with a Connecticut Broadleaf binder, nice sweetness to it, lush Nicaraguan fillers, and the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro was born, a full-flavored, exquisite taste profile. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month will get you great cigars like the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. The General has determined that enemies of pleasure are hazardous to your happiness. For your protection and sanity, they've been vaporized. We continue front and center from Command Center Alpha. If you hear a bark in the background, that's because I have my canine security detail and companion. One of the two canine security detail. We've got Pendragon's Royal Baron, Puppy Baron, as we call him. We've got Sultan back at... Uh, the Pleasure Palace, and being over 13, he is allowed uh, a day away from work at the office. But Baron, we bring in the Command Center Alpha. We heard him earlier. By the way, Mick the Brit joins us at birthday, his birthday uh, once again today. Mick, you recall that you met Puppy Baron, who at the time was about five months old when I brought him up for the Alpha Pleasure Fest in Buffalo this past August. You recall Puppy Baron, do you not? I do indeed, General, yes. 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 Well, Mick, he's now taller and bigger than you are. Doesn't weigh as much as you, but he's getting close. <laughs> well, he's a that's giant. Not hard, is it? Yeah. He is very big. Yeah. All right, we're talking about Winston Churchill, Mick. There's a gentleman by the name of John McDonald. Who is John McDonald, Mick? Okay, General. Uh, as I heard you earlier describe uh, the, the left, you would probably describe him as an ultra-left politician, uh, very much a man for the working classes, uh, sort of a socialist-type guy. Uh, he's actually the shadow chancellor. So we have the Conservatives in government at the moment, and Labour are the opposition, so he would be he's technically the opposition's chancellor. Okay. Well, he said something... A bit derogatory about former British Prime Minister and well-known statesman Sir Winston Churchill. He branded Winston Churchill a villain over his role in dealing with striking miners in 1910. And this goes back to when uh, the evenings of November 7th and 8th, 1910, when Winston Churchill sent in police to deal with violent, striking, I believe, coal miners, and they called it the Tony Pandy Riots. And when, at a Politico event, when asked whether Winston Churchill was a hero or villain, the shadow chancellor replied, Tony Pandy, villain. And during the riots of 1910, troops were sent out to control striking miners who wrecked uh, mine owners' uh, property, town center shops. But meanwhile, Winston Churchill 
in a BBC poll in 2002, voted the great, greatest Briton of all time. And many people came to Winston Churchill's defense. So, Mick, what do you make of this? Yes. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, as you've just described it, you're quite correct. He, he was asked, uh, Sir Winston Churchill, hero or villain? And straight off the bat, um, you know, John McNaught, well, a little moment of thinking, and he said, yes, uh, villain, Tony Pandy. Yes, internationally, I will say this to put things into con- context, and uh, obviously you might even have a Churchill historian listening. Internationally, yes, he was the great statesman, General, but domestically, at home here, he was, things weren't so good. And in fact, after the war, he did not get elected. He was not elected uh, as Prime Minister. Uh, because well, remember, the same was said for Harry Truman. Harry S. Truman, who yeah. made some very difficult calls, stepped in. And everybody thought Harry Truman, you know, when, when FDR, Frank, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, died, everybody was worried, saying, oh, Truman, he was put there because he's an empty suit. He's going to be a zero. Actually, he turned out to be one of the greatest presidents ever. A very down-to-earth, humble guy. In fact, in my home office, you've seen this at the Pleasure Palace. I have a... a, a replica sign that sat on his desk that said in front the buck stops here and in the back i'm from missouri that a prisoner made for harry truman and harry truman was so honest that when he was gifted that by this prisoner when he was visiting a prison he actually requested from the u.s government if he could take it because he deemed that to be government property and whoever he sent the letter to at the government said, yes, that was a gift. You are allowed to take that. And they sell replicas of those at the Harry Truman Museum down in Key West, Florida. But Harry Truman, when he left office, had very low popularity ratings. But history has judged him to be amongst the mm. greatest presidents ever and has a very, very uh, high approval rating today. Same thing with yeah, Winston no. Churchill. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, if, if you was to say, you know, if John McDonald, really, he, he should have said, well, yeah, Tony, Tony Pandy, uh, villain, but however, however, um, World War II hero, that would have been better, but he didn't. And, um, yeah, I can understand, I can kind of see why. It, I mean, very quickly, the Dockers, when Sir Winston Churchill, on his funeral, part of his procession was on the River Thames, they actually had to pay the Dockers to lower the cranes as a tribute to him because for the working classes, he was not a hero after the war. Well, he saved, he was one instrumental along with the Allies in the U.S. primarily saving Britain from speaking German. We'll continue around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. This cigar from Drew Estate has a floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina Maduro wrapper that surrounds a sweet Connecticut broadleaf binder and lush Nicaraguan fillers that together produce a full-flavored, exquisite experience. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. 
tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. And the winner of the first Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life is your General Cigar Dave. And nobody. There were no other contenders because I was far and away above the competition. What competition? There is no competition. Well... Mick the Brit rejoins us on uh, his birthday today from the European Theater of Operations, classified bunker somewhere in uh, the London area. Mick, let me ask you, is the big rage about climate change and the need to change our diets and eating, eating food, has that been a big issue in the European Theater of Operations? Oh, General, yes. And the latest story I heard was about the humble bumblebee and how they, uh, where things are getting warmer in the south and the southeast, they're going to be needing to look elsewhere to go and create honey and pollinate, which we need the bees for pollination. But of course, it's because it's all the meat that we're eating and the methane given off by the herds of cattle that we farm here. Yes, and we are seeing that now everywhere. We've said that whenever a group, an enemy of pleasure, decides that they deem a product to be unacceptable for consumption, they basically target it, then they vilify it, but then they have to come up with some other excuse so they can prohibit it or tax it. And as we've seen, we've gone from taxation to now prohibition. We saw it in, we're seeing it in Beverly Hills, California, about cigars and tobacco products. And the latest example of that is those of us that are carnivores that love eating meat. We love eating steak and burgers and ribs and our, our whatever, pork, poultry. We enjoy that. We don't want to be vegans. If somebody wants to be a vegan or vegetarian, my answer is great. That's your decision. I don't ridicule people for being vegans. Okay, well, yes, I do sometimes. But I really believe, and you know this, those of you that have listened to me, everybody, live your own life. I don't dictate to other people how they should live their lives. I don't want them dictating to me how I should live my life. I want to eat meat. I want to eat a nice, big, bone-in, tomahawk-chop ribeye. Then, my gosh, I'm going to do that. So what are they doing? What is the enemy of pleasure? What is the latest salvo in the war against carnivores? Well, 
what we're seeing now is a concerted effort by the enemies of carnivores, the enemies of pleasure, the enemies of meat, to vilify it by stating that the production and consumption of meat products is causing catastrophic damage to the planet. And I've got umpteen stories on this. Here is a perfect example. Tim Lang, professor at the University of London, who led one of the leads on a 50-page study about the dramatic shift in the global diet, that roughly half as much sugar and red meat uh, and twice as many vegetables, fruits, and nuts consortium of three dozen research concluded. The key, key, uh, it says the key to avoiding millions of deaths and catastrophic damage to the planet is to take away people eating meat, eating sugar. And I don't consume sugar. I've cut out sugar for all practical purposes. We always thought meat, butter, they were the enemies. No, it's sugar. I believe that 100%. I eat more meat today and butter and eggs than I ever have in my lifetime. Yet, my cholesterol is low. Triglycerides are low. When I add more sugar and complex carbohydrate or simple carbohydrates, bad news. Bad news all the way. But what we're seeing now is them saying, okay, we want you to eat more vegetables, fruits, and nuts. Stay away from the meat. And that unhealthy diets caused by meat and being carnivores are bad for your health, bad for the environment, that the global food system now is the largest emitter of greenhouse gases, the biggest driver of biodiversity loss, the main cause of dead, deadly algae blooms along coasts and inland waterways, that agriculture now takes up 70% of the global fresh water supply. Well, here's my question to these brilliant enemies of meat an enemy of carnivores, here's my question that want us all to become vegetarians and vegans. If all of a sudden we're consuming more vegetables, how on earth do you think we're going to grow those vegetables? Without irrigation? Without water? Without tractors? Without uh, harvesting equipment? Absolutely not. It's not going to make a dent in anything. And they go on to say that we won't be able to feed 10 billion people in 2050 within planetary boundaries, that Earth's capacity to absorb human activity is at a tipping point. We have to have an agricultural revolution, that we have to have a great food transformation. We're saying to people, or they're saying to people, we can't eat in the same way. We have to reduce meat and dairy, major increase in plant consumption. That'll help everything. I'm sorry, beef is not the culprit of global, supposedly global warming. I don't buy it for a second. Remember, we've only taken head temperature records for what, 150 plus years? That is, a sl that is like saying, I'm going to measure whether the stock market is up or down over the course of, let's say, if you were to take one second in a day of trading on the, on the stock market, on the New York Stock Exchange, let's say, one second, and deem whether the stock price was up or down, whether basically you had a tanking market or a bull market. It's absurd. The planet's been around for millions of years. How do you explain all the, the, the hurricanes and all the tornadoes and all the other climactic activity that occurred well before the invention of 
fossil fuels and the engine and air travel and electricity. According, if you use that rationale, that would be like saying, well, wait a minute, climate change only began as a result of man-made activity. That's nonsense. There were hurricanes. There were tornadoes. There were major snowstorms and, and, and major ice storms and major torrential typhoons going back thousands and thousands of years. But again, this is not what the scientists want to tell you. They never want to explain, oh, it's all because of man. We know it for fact. And whenever somebody cuts the debate off by saying, the science is settled, it's proven, we must immediately stop debate, and if you are a climate change denier, we should put you in jail. They said the same thing when, what was it, uh, I'm trying to remember, was it Galileo or Copernicus that said, the earth revolves around the sun, not the sun revolving around the earth. That was heresy. I mean, they put him in jail for that. That would be like the same thing today. And they're using the fact, they're using meat consumption as an excuse. And we're seeing this over and over and over again. They're saying planetary, we, we, we need to change to the planetary health diet because the planet is just terrible. The planet is in a crisis situation. North Americans, according to their study, need to eat 84% lead res, lead, less red meat, but six times more beans and lentils. Do you know the flatulence that will take place if you have six times more beans and lentils? Let me ask you. You think I want a lentil burger or a bean burger? How, much, how many beans and lentils can you eat? For Europeans, they need to eat 77% less red meat, 50 times more or 15 times more nuts and seeds to meet their guidelines. Well, this panel, this group of researchers, are not the only one that are saying that the planet can't sustain people. There is a presidential candidate. We'll call him Spoticus, who now is coming out saying he's got a way to cure the problems of the earth. And his name is Cory Booker. And I believe it is time to break out Master Thespian Sir Davis Generalis. And now we bring you another wussified beta teaching moment from the world's greatest alpha, Master Thespian Sir Davidus Generalis. Senator Cory Booker, taxocrat, thespi, a correction, Spartacus, New Jersey, said the planet cannot sustain people eating meat. He told the vegan magazine Veg News, a publication in which I, Sir Davidus Generalis, read every day, every waking moment. I love reading the letter section. I love reading the tomato section and the lentil and bean section. In fact, I find the cucumber columnist to be a must-read in Veg News every day. Cory Booker told Veg News he became vegan after coming to the realization that eating eggs did not align with my spirit. My spirit was out of alignment 
My karma was free-flowing. Eggs were the root of all evil. And while Cory Booker states he does not want to lecture Americans on their diets, Booker says Americans must be nudged eating to vegan cheese because the planet cannot sustain the environmental impact of the food industry. I quote the great senator from New Jersey, known as Spartacus. You see the planet Earth, that big planet, moving towards what is the standard American diet. We've seen this massive increase in consumption of meat, meat produced by the industrial animal agriculture industry. Ooh, so scary. The tragic reality is this planet can't sustain billions, as Bernard Sanders would say, billions and billions of people consuming industrial produce, animal agriculture because of environmental impact. It's not possible. The devastating impact of greenhouse gases produced by the meat industry is just not practical. The numbers, oh, heavenly me, the numbers don't add up. Cory Booker began his vegan journey, journey in 1992 when he became a vegetarian after reading Gandhi's biography. He wants to make the existing model of the food industry obsolete. Now he says American consumers should not be told what to eat, but if you provide them with viable alternatives that taste even better, and if more people have that information, consumers are informed the dangers of the overuse of plastics all the way to the conditions in which animals that we are consuming are being treated, you will simply state, I will become a vegan. Like Spartacus Cory Booker, I've seen, he says, incredible vegan cheese shops popping up across the country, and my friends who love cheese simply cannot tell the difference. As I quote, you have pizza. You have that pizza pie. I was at the New Jersey Veg Fest, and I will tell you that Screamer's Pizza is just phenomenal. And the final straw for Spartacus Booker to becoming totally vegan was that eating eggs did not align with his spirit. I can. Ch I am feeling his spirit now. It is being channeled to me, Sir Davidus Generalis, Master Thespian. I am feeling it inhabit my body from head to toe. I am feeling Spartacus move through me rapidly. And I believe the need to help and sustain the planet will cause all of us through this inner channeling of Spartacus's spirit to all become vegans. It began with that little incredible egg, the slogan of the American Egg Board, and that egg caused Cory Booker to say, eggs do not align with my spirit, therefore I am now a vegan. 
And I'm not trying to tell you Americans what to eat or what consume. But let me translate that, because as again, I am a master thespian, and I can translate the most complex into the most basic to understand. I, Cory Booker, or he, Cory Booker, is saying he does not want to change Americans. Translation, he wants to make you all vegans screw your right to meat. Screw your right to pork. Screw your right to eggs and bacon and ribs and a succulent steak. You all should eat lentils and beans and phony cheese, tofurkey, and to beef. Then you should all be as happy and as spirited and get into a state of euphoria such as I, Spartacus, Cory Booker. However, it will still cause you to stay in the closet. And there you have it, Master Thespian Sir Davidus Generalis. So Cory Booker says, oh no, I don't want you to, ch I don't want Americans to change their diet. Translation, oh the hell I don't, yes I do. And this is what we're seeing. You want to be a vegan? You want to be a vegetarian? You want to just eat beef? No problem. But don't tell me how to live my life. And again, we're seeing the prohibitionists come to the forefront now. They're not even hiding the fact that they're prohibitionists. They're coming after your meat next. The final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. 
The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. One hundred percent USDA certified alpha male with zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar Cigar Dave. Dave. All right, final segment rejoined by Mick the Brit, European Theater of Operations Colonel. A birthday today. Happy birthday once again, Mick, from the entire Alpha Army worldwide. Thank you very much, General. Another lap around the sun. However, General, how marvellous, how bravo, bravo, absolutely marvellous. Your diction, your announciation, and your pronunciation, absolutely stupendous. Bravo. You, of course, are speaking of Sir Davis, Davis Generalis Master Thespian. Indeed. Yes, and you know, Cory Booker is a met. Well, he's a thespian. No, I'm just, Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, Cory Booker is, yes. We'll yeah. just keep it. He's a master thespian. Yes. Yeah, Page, yeah. Well, closet. I'm, I'm a, Page and closet. Page closet. I'm a self-proclaimed meatitarian, General. You know what? As you should be. I'm a meatitarian as well. Nothing like and a as, big hunk of meat. Nice, juicy steak. Can't go wrong. You got it. Simple as that. It's simple and You know, the more I think about it, Mick... I believe, no, actually, I know that my guys over at Cattle Baron Cigars, they are cattle ranchers in uh, Montana. And they sent me some beautiful chunks of meat, some beautiful bone-in tomahawk chop ribeyes that I am going to take out. I've got one in the refrigerator. I started to thaw. Takes about two days to uh, thaw. It's in the refrigerator. By tonight, it'll be ready to go. I'm putting that in a cast iron skillet. Then on the grill, I'm going to enjoy a nice hunk of meat tonight. Said like a true manninist. What is a manninist? Well, you've heard of feminists. Well, you're I'm a manninist. Yes, Lovely. indeed. Well, well, as a manninist and cigar connoisseur, Mick, I can tell you that the Cigar Dave Officers Club February selection. Of the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro will be absolutely enjoyed by connoisseurs that like a rich, full-flavored cigar. Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera, always a big fan of the Brazilian Matafina tobaccos. Mostly they used it as a binder or accent filler, but Willie decided to flip the script. He started using it when he oversaw the... Uh, El Titan de Bronze Factory in Little Havana. We talked about it earlier as I enjoy my La Palina uh, El Laguito number two. And he started using some of the Brazilian Matafina, but he decided to make the wrapper the star of the show. So he used a Brazilian Matafina wrapper, put in a, a surrounded it with a Connecticut broadleaf sweet binder, some Esteli Nicaraguan fillers, 
and the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. Marvelous cigar, exquisite taste experience, full flavored. If you're not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club and you want great cigars like the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month, you get three of these great cigars every month. Nice selection, mild, medium, full. No long-term contracts. Join Mick the Brit. I know we get you Officers Club selections. And by the way, a very happy birthday. Enjoy it tonight, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being so considerate and inviting me on today. Thank you, sir. All right. Mick the Brit joins us. Cigar Dave, the general. Say, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the prohibitionists in Beverly Hills and worldwide.